On this episode of the Trade Busters Podcast, we're going to be reviewing all three of the income strategies that I've been going over in the previous episodes. Just a quick disclaimer before we start, I'm not a financial advisor and everything in this episode is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Now, the reason I want to do a review is because the previous episodes have been sort of a, you know, as a suggestion entitled a deep dive into all of the nitty gritty details and nuances of the mechanics. And I've uh, kind of alluded to the fact that I trade all of these in parallel as an ensemble, right? Kind of the, the ensemble approach. Um, and there's an episode on that as well. But I kind of want to do a review of all three together and sort of compare and contrast the different mechanics and talk about the pitfalls, pros and cons of each ones. Uh, that way, for those that want to run these but maybe don't have the uh, capital required to run all three of them, uh, you can sort of have an idea of which one may be more suitable depending on uh, your risk tolerance and kind of the risk reward profile that you're looking at. So a quick summary um, in order. So we have the, the two to three DTE strategy, which is for run with SPX, the seven DTE strategy, which can be done with SPY or SPX, and the 45 DTE strategy, which is most likely going to be with SPY, possibly with ES, um, E-mini S&P future options. Uh, and less likely with SPX unless your account's quite large. So starting with the 2-3 DTE, uh, the mechanics are 2-3 uh, DTE. Basically, you're selling on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're going to try to generate uh, the most number of occurrences possible. No more than 5 delta. So on Monday, it's going to be 2 days until Wednesday. Wednesday is 2 DTE until Friday. And Friday is 3 DTE until Monday. Um, so no more than 5 delta. You're going to enter right at the end of the day, you know, usually in the last five minutes or so, once you enter, uh, you have a 3x credit stop loss set at entry. So you collect a dollar, you set that $3, so the loss is net, two lo uh, net 2x loss or 2x stop loss, so to speak. Um, and that's it for that one. 7DT is similar, except you're selling seven days out. You're also rolling, uh, you're, sorry, you're selling on the rolling Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, okay? So you're going to have three overlapping positions with two to three DTE there's only one overlapping position at any one time with seven DTE you're selling seven days out but on Mondays Wednesday Friday so you overlap those also you're entering at the end of the day in the last five minutes um, same thing as soon as you enter there is a 3x credit stop loss or 2x stop loss so to speak um, enter right at entry there is no profit take for this strategy there's no profit take for the strategy for the two to three DTE as well and finally, for the 45 DTE strategy, this is entered once every single trading day. Um, for the 7 DTE, it was 10 to 20 delta. For the 45 DTE, it's again, no more than five delta. Now, I'm gonna get into sort of the reasoning behind these in a little bit. But um, so for the 45 DTE, you enter once every day, no more than five delta. And this is the only one with the profit target, okay? So you're gonna enter a, a bracket order, either a profit target of 60%, Maybe 50% depending on the capital um, efficiency you want. So you can go back and look at my study for that. So 50 or 60% profit target or, and you're going to set a bracket with a stop loss, which is also a 2x stop loss or 3x credit um, stop loss. Um, and, and that's it for the mechanics. That one, because it's a longer duration, you're entering closest to 45 DTE. You can enter any time in the day, right? It doesn't really matter. Now, if you happen to want to enter in the morning, just to spread it out with the other ones. Or if you, um, 
haven't entered and you see a big drop that day or IV expands, you think there's opportunity there, that's fine. You can go ahead and try and catch that. But honestly, uh, being that this is longer duration trade, it honestly does not really matter what time you get in. So let's kind of compare and contrast. First of all, why is there a profit target on 7 DTE and 2 to 3 DTE? Or, sorry, why is there no profit target on those, whereas there is a profit target on the 45 DTE? So for one, because the 2 to 3 DTE and 7 DTE are much shorter in duration, uh, theta is much higher, so you can collect the maximum profit in a reasonable amount of time. And relative to the size of the trade, um, you're collecting smaller credit, right, relative to the size of the product or the notional risk. And that's just because of how short the time is. So because it's relatively a smaller credit, when you put on a profit target, it's really going to compress um, the amount of premium that you capture. And it doesn't really meaningfully increase the win rate. So it just, it's sort of, um, in this case, the, the cons outweigh the pros, right? The pros is maybe a little bit higher win rate. Um, maybe you can get out of the trade faster. But again, it's sort of fixed how much capital you're using because you're just putting on in, um, the same amount of frequency every time. You're not really saving on that much capital. Um, and it just doesn't really increase the winning rate that much. So why do we do a profit target on the 45 DTE? So with this, there is a bit of capital efficiency to be gained. Okay, So if you think about it, if I'm entering position every day, um, I'm putting them at 45 and I'm taking them up at 21 days, right? There's 24 days in between. So if I just roll them all into 21 days, and I forgot to mention 45 DTE, if you don't hit the profit target, you don't hit the stop target, you do take it off at 21 DTE no matter what, win or lose. So from 45 down to 21, there's 24 days in between, right? So if you put one on every day, and let's say you don't hit a profit target and you don't hit um, a stop loss, you're basically just going to have on average 24 positions on at all times right because by the time they get down to 21 days one's going to come off right you put one on you take one off but with a 60 percent profit target or the stop loss um, you can look at my study and review my episode on this um, i forgot which number it was but the average time in trade drops from 24 days down to 14. and with 14 days in trade um, because you're putting on a position every day but there's no um position put on on Saturday and Sunday, that means that the average number of overlapping positions for the 45 BTU strategy is in fact only 10 positions, right? So instead of 24 overlapping positions, you drop down to 10. So this means that on average, sort of the steady state or equilibrium um, capital utilization is a lot less than what the maximum would suggest if you put one on every day and roll them all the way down to 21 days. And one other thing I want to point out, there is a capital efficiency to be gained because um, 14 days is only, so if you're in the trade for 14 days and it's a 45 DTE trade, you're in the trade for only 31%, right? About a third of that time cycle that of the full 45 days, okay? But we're capturing 60% of the profit, right? So you're able to capture 60% of the profit in 30 you know a third of the time so there is a definite capital efficiency there because if you wanted to take 100 percent profit you could but you're sitting in there for the remainder 70 percent of the time to only capture the remaining 40 percent of the profit right so there's a decreasing sort of um what is that called uh, a um, diminishing returns on the time spent and the capital spent right so for one that is why 
there's a profit target on the 45 BTE trade and not on the 2 to 3 and the 7 BTE. Now let's talk about the delta. So you'll notice that the delta for the 2 to 3 BTE is very low, right? It's 5, no more than 5. The delta for the 7 BTE is 10 to 20, and the delta for the 45 BTE is also no more than 5. Now why is this? For the 2 to 3 DTE, the reason we want the low delta is because of gap risk, okay? The theta is in fact very high, so if you're able to survive a gap, you know, you're pretty much safe, right? Because <laughs> if it's 5 delta and you survive the gap, right, you're probably about 90-95% win rate at that point. But the problem is gap risk is very real because with such a short duration, even at a five delta, you're forced to get very close to the money. When VIX is low, you're probably half a percent, three quarter percent, no more than one percent out of the money. When VIX is high, you can get three, four, five percent out of money. So it feels a lot safer. But when you're half a percent, three quarter percent out of the money, even a slight move down and you get gapped the next morning, it's potentially going to put you very close or if not at the money. Right? This is where we see those big losses. Right? You look at my trade log, there's like a five X or ten X loss. It's because of the gap risk, right? So we are lowering the delta to as a way to prevent the gamma risk. So we're trying to avoid that high gamma from the gaps and being in the money. So that's specifically to address that, right? If you do 10 delta, 20 delta, yes, supposedly it's a little more capital efficient, the amount of credit you get relative to, you know, the, the contract size. But again, we're trying to at, at all costs avoid the gamma risk. Now, one more thing to note, why does SP, uh, the 2 to 3 DTE only really work with SPX? You know, maybe with ES, but definitely not with SPY, because once again, it's such a short duration that relative to the size of the notional, you're collecting a really small credit. If you look at my logs, when volatility is low, I'm collecting maybe 70, 80, 90 cents on SPX, right? So if it was SPY, it'd be like 7 cents or a dime. And at that point, it's like 10 bucks, seven bucks, you pay a dollar commission, you're losing most of the profit to the, the fees. It's just not economical. With ES, you know, it's half the notion of SPX. So rather than 70 cents to 90 cents, you're collecting 35 to um, 45. That's better than SPY, but honestly, it's still not that great, which is why SPX, uh, this two to three DT strategy is in fact the most advanced of the three just in terms of the notional size required and the imminent gap risk, okay? So keep those in mind. Moving on to the 70 DTE. Why 10 to 20 delta? So I've talked about um, in my episode where we did a deep dive on this, I talked about how 30 delta was too high, that win rate was just low enough for expectancy was kind of flat. So I moved the delta down to about the 10 to 20 range. Now here's sort of a trade-off. Why don't we do the low delta, right? Because if we move down to like five or less, once again, that forces you to do a high leverage product like SPX or ES. Because we're doing 10 to 20 delta, you're actually able to trade this and get a reasonable credit on a product like SPY. Okay, so I'm putting on one SPY or you know, one SPY position every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. At this point, I'm doing, you know, sometimes 10, 11, 12 contracts. If I can do 10 contracts of SPY, I'd rather do one contract of SPX. But obviously for those who have kind of capital constraints where you can only do one or two contracts, the 7 DTE at this delta range actually gives you a reasonable chance to collect a decent credit. I don't really want to go below like 50 cents, again, because the commission starts being a big chunk of it. 
um, and you just kind of afford to do too much leverage. So typically, I want to get you know 55, 60 cents. When VIX is high, you can get easily a dollar, and still stay in the delta range. And as far as where in that delta range should go and how much contract, listen to the deep dive episode. I kind of go over the whole credit targeting scenario, and the whole credit targeting idea. Again, there's an episode on that. That is applied for all three strategies. Once you figure out the sizing, and we will do an episode coming up on the sizing, that is going to be kind of critical because once you figure out the target size, you're going to use that as the target for all of your trades every single time. Um, 70T is kind of nice because there's a balance between too much gamma and too much vega, right? For 70T, it's a, it's a relatively short time frame still, so theta is pretty high. And when you get stopped out, it's usually because you go in the money. And unless it's kind of early, if it's early in the cycle and there's a big move down right when you put it on, on the first day, the second day, you still get these volatility expansions, right? You're still going to get stopped out through the extrinsic losses. But it's less, right? It's definitely not as much as the 45, which we'll talk about in a second. So for the 7DT, I found that even the 10 to 20 delta range, you still can expect, even with the stop loss, kind of the 75-80% win rate. Um, and that will give you that 25 plus premium capture rate, the expectancy. So the 7DT is kind of in the medium. Um, you know, you're able to get a little bit farther from the money. You're able to go a little bit higher delta, use a little bit of smaller product. And you because of the smaller product, the gamma and the gap risk, it's still there, but it's not as big of an issue, right? Because, you know, if you talk about SPX, this right now, depending on the strike price, this is, you know, 300,000, 350, 400,000 notional of a product that you're using. And you get gapped even 1%. That's a big loss, right? So you need a big account. But something like Spice, like 30,000 notional, if you get gapped 1%, you know, it's not nice, obviously, but it's, it's a lot smaller of a magnitude. Um, so that's sort of the in-between strategy, and um, and that's why we have that kind of delta range and why that um, duration. Now, moving on to the 45DT, this is, in fact, the quote-unquote safest of the three strategies because it has the lowest gamma risk. The reason why this is a little trickier to run is just because, again, of the multiple occurrences which really helps to smooth out the volatility and you almost get this ensemble effect of just the different overlapping positions some people have asked can you do one a week two a week three a week instead of five a week the answer is yes but again you just want to minimize that sequence of return risk you want to have as many occurrences as possible and this is why i prefer to enter one every day and with the 45 dte the duration is very long so you're, again, you're able to do SPY and get really far out of the money at 5 delta and still get a reasonable credit. Uh, depending on how many contracts I want to do for each position, I, I might click as low as $0.65 cents up to $1, $1.20. Lately, I've been doing around the $0.78, $0.80 cent range. And again, the idea here is why such a low delta? In this case, rather than avoiding the gamma risk, we're trying to avoid the vega risk. Okay. Um, Vega is still prevalent, um, but we also keep the gamma very low, right? So you have low gamma, and um, because it is so sensitive to Vega, right? The longer the duration, the more sensitive it is to Vega, 
every single time the stop hits, it's gonna be because of the Vega expansion, right? You're not gonna go into money, right? You're gonna the delta is gonna blow up and the Vega is gonna go blow up long before you ever go into money. And you're gonna get out of this trade by 21 BTE anyways. So you basically will never have to face with that direct in the money kind of gamma. But it's the Vega that's gonna kill this trade. So any even with a slightly moderate or low down move, if there's a big Vega expansion, um, or two or three days of like one percent, one percent, one percent, and the Vega goes from you know fifteen or thirty, you will get stopped. But that's typically pretty hard to do. And the idea is this is the quote unquote safest because of the low gamma. It's very very hard to get stopped past the two X. Right? It's very controlled. Even with a big move, this trade moved very slowly. The only time there was ever huge gaps, if you look at the trade log, it was in the twenty twenty. You know, during COVID, we had those two days with the circuit breakers where we opened like 7% down. In that case, we had like a 4x loss. But again, that's controlled, right? Compared to 7DT and 2 to 3DT where I've had, you know, 5x, 8x, 10x loss. This is much more controlled. The difficulty, again, is just for the number of occurrences, you do have to have the buying power to do more positions. Um, in this case, it is something where you can consider doing with ES. Um, but you'll need a broker like Interactive Brokers, which has stop loss, GTC stop orders on, on futures options. Otherwise, like Tastyworks doesn't even have stop orders on futures. You can still do it, right? You just have to set your, well, okay, let me take that back. With Tastyworks, there's no stops. You have to manage it manually, which is not ideal. It is the low gamma, like I said, so you could, in theory, manage it manually. But, you know, even with like a broker like I think Toss maybe has not GTC orders, but maybe day orders. You can set the stops once a day. Um, so that's the other difficulty. If um, you know, you at least have to have you know, you know, portfolio margin. Because uh, on SPY, for example, just kind of throw a round number out there. SPY, if you have like a 350 strike, the buying power might be 2,900 per per contract. Sorry, yeah, per contract. Uh, if you have 10 overlapping positions, it's like 29,000 buying power. So it's it's reasonable, but you're still gonna want to have, you know portfolio margin unless you're doing futures but if you're going to do futures you need to have a broker that can do the stop so it's kind of a cash 22 and and that's the reason 7dte tends to be kind of the sweet spot in terms of being able to run something like this with moderately low capital um but again ultimately you're going to want portfolio margin for all of these unless you want to do with futures in which case you just have to be able to manage those sort of operational um inconveniences um, so that said, I, I think that kind of about covers it. So we've kind of compared and contrasted the three different strategies, kind of the pros and cons and pitfalls for each one. Uh, for the next couple episodes I've planned, I'm going to talk about sizing, right? Figuring out how to size it based on whatever your goal is, sizing the individual trades and sizing each trade within your portfolio. If you're going to run the ensemble and how to allocate to each one. And then finally, we're going to kind of wrap up with putting them all together. So uh, that's all I have for today. Um, hope that helps. And, um, you know, yeah, to get to the strategy pages and view all the mechanics and the trade logs, make sure to go to my strategy page at thetradebusters.com. You can also follow me at Twitter or on Twitter at thetradebuster. So once again, we finished. That's a wrap up for the review of the three income strategies and look forward to the coming up episodes for sizing and putting everything together. That's all I got today. Thanks for listening. See you next time.